Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views is from Midstream. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another rousing edition of the Views from Midstream podcast, your home for all the Carolina Panther football talk you can possibly stomach. And then just a little bit more. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, right here in the heart of Panther country. And of course, joining me as always, my co-host on that show and this, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, along for the ride as well. So glad to have you guys for our midweek edition of the pod and obviously the midweek edition where we take a look back at some of the off of the field stories that have been playing out since our Monday wrap-up pod, and I don't think there is a bigger story, a story that we need to pay more attention to than the story that has been circulating about Jim Harbaugh because there have been developments over the past 48 hours, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, the first reports came out after Michigan lost to TCU in the college football playoff semifinal, a bit of a shocking upset that Jim Harbaugh would accept a National Football League job if one was offered to him. And we talked a little bit at that point about the fact that I thought Carolina should theoretically be a very attractive option to the young man at just 59 years of age who took the San Francisco 49ers to three straight NFC championships in his first three years with that franchise. Of course, we also have a Jim Harbaugh that has been to a couple of college football bowl games of a massive nature, but he also got fired by the 49ers after going eight and eight in his final season with the roster that frankly was better than that. The next development came on Tuesday when it started making the rounds that the first contact by an NFL team had been made and it was by none other then Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper. He was the first phone call into the Michigan man to gauge his interest in taking over the program. That caught a lot of traction, a lot of conversation about that. And then Queen City News out of Charlotte on Wednesday quoted Jim Harbaugh as saying that no one can know what the future holds, but that I think I'll be coaching Michigan next year, end quote. A very non-committal way to phrase it. 
We'll get into it in just a second, but you know, you know, really, really quick, Rob. I, I just, I hate to interrupt you, but no one knows what the future holds. But I think I'll be very rich in about two hours. The the um, feeling would be nice. I think this is more of a no one knows what the future holds, but I think I'll be having dinner tonight. Like, come on, Jim, you got it, you got to. You got to give us something here, buddy. But it's not before we go to the whether or not that's the right decision for Carolina. Let's first go back to last off season. Remember, Jim Harbaugh did the same thing. There were stories out that he was looking for a return to the league. He actually went to Minnesota where he did a sit down interview with the Minnesota Vikings. For whatever reason, that interview did not go well because the Vikings did not offer the head coaching job to Jim Harbaugh. Was that because he tanked the interview? Was that because he and the ownership had different vision? I don't know. Or was it just because he never really was interested in the job and he was just using it to create create some leverage with Michigan to get some more money in a contract, which is a possibility only because Jim Harbaugh then signed an extension with Michigan and added another $10 million with his contract. The point is, at least for me, though, I think it's fine for Panthers fans to get a little optimistic. I think it's fine for Panthers fans to think that Jim Harbaugh would be a good hire. He certainly would be. I would say, cool your jets, take a chill pill, have some water, whatever you need to do. Because we've seen this play once with Jim, and it resulted in him getting paid more from the University of Michigan. I'm not saying he's doing that again. I'm saying I would believe it if he was. So maybe let's just cool our jets a minute. I think he is doing the same thing, but in a different way. I think he's doing this because he knows, for now, there are two other vacancies aside from Carolina. And you can start a bidding war for yourself and it's a smart move, you know, saying, okay, it's gotta be the right thing to get me out of here. I'm good where I am in Michigan. I've I've beat the rival two years in a row. I've been to the college football playoffs two years in a row. Want to stay here and see if I can get a championship, but if the right thing were to happen, then maybe I'll leave. And with three, maybe more teams coming after him, he has uh, he has negotiating power, and it's it's the move to make. Don't act to uh, – I'm not going to use a dating analogy because I'll leave that to you. But don't act too interested in the people who are interested in you. I um, – I'm trying I mean, to – I didn't – I didn't – Because now I, I want to make one. Yeah, because I didn't date much, you know? So I, so I, I can't – I don't have that experience that you do, so. I did, and they're terrible experiences, which is why ordinarily when something goes wrong, it's so easy to rush directly to a dating analogy. I'm trying to come up with one here, and I guess I would put it this way. Uh, The Panthers right now are a very run-of-the-mill high schooler, right? On the football team, but they're like the backup cornerback. On the basketball team, but they're the reserve player. They're in student government, but they're more like a spirit coordinator than the president of the club. 
just a very they're not bad there's nothing wrong with them they're not ugly they're not unpopular they're just not hosting any n64 golden eye sleepovers because they're just not the cool kid either they're kind of right in the middle uh jim harbaugh is the pretty new girl in class and the interesting thing is that i'm really trying here stick with me the uh all of the football team have steady girlfriends. There's like three very average guys in class. It's a small class. And they're the only set. I'm bailing on this analogy because I can't get it. Here's what it is, Panther. So, so here's here's what we've learned. If 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 Rob gets put on the spot for a dating analogy, he can't come up with it. So No, I can't. Oh, that's the fine. Problem, here's the problem. The problem is this analogy works better if there are three or four top tier coaching jobs available, right? Like if there's, but there's not. And I guess that's to the benefit of Carolina. We are the most attractive open head coaching job right now, right? We're certainly more attractive than the Denver Broncos because even if, and we talked about this on the Rob Brown show, which airs nine to noon Eastern free on the Odyssey app. Even if the Broncos, even if Russ Wilson isn't washed, right? even if he's still a dude and we can pin all the struggles of the Broncos on Nathaniel Hackett. That is still a team that is going to have to go through a mini rebuild and they got to do it in what is, if not the toughest division in the NFL, no worse than the second toughest division in the NFL. And there's the possibility that Brady is in that division next year. We'll talk about that maybe later on in the pot. And I would argue that we are certainly a tough, a more attractive job than the Indianapolis Colts, who are in a mildly division, a mildly better setup division for next year than the NFC South. We do have to deal with some young quarterbacks in that division and an owner in Jim Irsay that is showing through his handling of the Jeff Saturday situation that my guy is a little bit out of touch. So Carolina, I think, has everything that would make this job the most attractive to Harbaugh. The division is going to be crap next year. It is ripe for the taking. There is young talent in the skill positions with DJ Moore, with Shai Smith, with Deontay Foreman. There is a good offensive line and a halfway decent defense that is only going to need a new D.C., and some tough love to really get them over the line and a good locker room chemistry, unless the team just completely bails on management for getting rid of Steve Wilkes. We'll talk about that later on as well. The Carolina Panthers, theoretically speaking, should be the most attractive job to Jim Harbaugh, should be the most attractive job available right now to Sean Payton, should be the most attractive available job in the offseason pending any shock retirements by top-tier NFL coaches. So reaching out to Jim Harbaugh was absolutely the right decision for David Tepper to make. Getting those wheels rolling was the right decision to make. And if Harbaugh shows up, though, I would say that is the home run hire that Carolina fans would be looking for. It also sends a message that you're not happy with with who's there right now and uh that you're looking. So whether Harbaugh is the guy or not, it's 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 
telling people, hey, we're not necessarily going to go with Steve Wilkes as our coach. We're out there looking for other people. So if you're available, uh, let us know. And uh, today on on our show, there were some people unhappy with the possibility of Jim Harbaugh. And I think uh, they, like me, are Ohio State fans, and they can't get past that when it gets to the – because, you know, we move south. That's what happens. Um, But you got to put that aside. Harbaugh right now, as far as available coaches, is the best available with the most experience and with uh, what what uh, is forty nine and sixteen or something like that, so he's got a he's got a pretty good uh, resume going. Not to mention he goes back to college and he wins when he goes back to college. It took him a little bit, but he but he got there. So um, I, I don't. It, it's between him and Sean Payton, and if you want Sean Payton, you're going to have to pay a lot to get him. Yeah, I listen, and we've said this a couple of times on the pod. I've said it on my show. Uh, of the available coaches, Sean Payton's the way I'd go, right? To to the point that I'd be willing to make that trade with New Orleans to get him. The problem you're going to have by doing that is that Sean Payton is going to want to come in and name his own QB right out of the gate. And I don't know that we've got the ability to get a guy that he is going to want. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that Indianapolis does have that. I don't know what Sean Payton's opinions on Russell Wilson might be, and who knows what other teams might be in that sweepstakes for Sean Payton. I would disagree in saying that reaching out to Harbaugh means Wilkes isn't good enough. I, I think that even if you had a first year in Steve Wilkes and, and he was on the last year of his contract, you still make the call to Jim Harbaugh because, hey, who knows? As no, I've you don't. Couple- no, you don't. No, you don't. Because that shows you have no confidence in the guy you have. It just, I, I mean, if, if you saw, if you just happened to, uh, to look on the Odyssey website and saw that your job was, uh, people were looking, uh, the, the company was looking for someone for your time slot. Would that not indicate that you're not going to be there? It absolutely would bother me, and it's also happened to me before. That into this industry that we are in, just like the NFL, is a cutthroat, bloodthirsty business. And if you are running that business where your success, and let's be real, you don't become a billionaire like David Tepper by giving a crap about anybody else's feelings that might stand between you and success, aka Mo Money. Uh, you make those phone calls, and if somebody goes, You hurt my feelings, you go. Too bad. Do you want to work and get paid or not? And, you know, I, I, it is what it is. Now, I don't necessarily feel the need, and, and we can if you want to, Zoe, to get back into a discussion about whether Wilkes is or ain't the guy right now. I think we beat that dead horse. I've said a number of times, Wilkes is the guy unless there's somebody better. Harbaugh and Peyton are the somebodies that are better. If you can get either one of them, you get one of them, and we move on into next year. All I'm saying is the writing's on the wall. If if your boss is looking for somebody for your job, chances are it's not your job. That's all I'm saying.
The Views from Main Street podcast rolls on. Rob Brown and Lonzo Reitzel with you. Good to have y'all chatting with us. We are obviously keeping an eye on the Jim Harbaugh situation. The I, I'll say this, and then we'll move on to another topic, Lonzo. Uh, I would say we need boots on the ground, but who wants to go to Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would. I would say. Mostly and firstly, I would say that um, I would rather be in Charlotte than Michigan. That is not what I would say most and foremost. What I would say is that the talk about being undecided, about not knowing the future, etc., from Jim Harbaugh, uh, it sounded noncommittal. It, it it sounded like a guy who hasn't really made up his mind yet. It sounds like a guy who's just kind of going through figuring his stuff out right now. I don't get the impression that he is committed to not coaching. I don't get the impression that he is not not coaching, that he is coaching. I don't think he knows just like nobody else knows at this point. So I'm going to say if I had David Tepper's phone number, I would be texting him right now going, stay on Harbo's backside until he says no. All right. So so the thing to me is if you're not available and you think you're staying in Michigan, why are you taking phone calls? I'm just I'm just saying uh, if you're steadfast where you are, which he did not say he was, he said, I think I'll be in Michigan. Uh, if you were, if and if you're in Michigan, you're like, hey, why are you taking these phone calls? It's uh, you know, it's like we said, and 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 I don't think we need to spend a bunch more time on it. But he did this same stuff last year to Minnesota when he took their call, when he took their interview, when he went and visited with them and had a whole conversation with them about it. Um, I, I it's either he's interested and he's testing the waters or he's not interested and he's seeing if and how he can get more money out of the Michigan Wolverines college football department. I don't know that either one of those is or is not happening. I'm just saying, I know we've seen him play this game before. Even if that is the case, even if we have seen him play this game before, Zoe, you still make the damn text messages. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I agree. I definitely agree. If if I'm Tepper, I'm staying on it. All right. Until, let's get into, until he blocks me, I'm staying on it. Until he until, <laughs> <laughs> until I get the block. All right. So uh let's take a look now at our draft positioning as we uh, keep an eye on the end of the season. Currently, as of today, without the last game being played against New Orleans. And without some of the teams above us having the opportunity to lose, we sit right now at six and 10. We are level with Vegas and Atlanta. We are behind the five and 11 Rams, the four, 11 and one Colts, the four and 12 Cardinals and Broncos, the three and 13 bears and the two 13 and one Houston Texans at this point. If new Orleans drops the ball to Atlanta and finishes the year, at six and 11, they could be somewhere around the spot. I think so. And I was trying to look it up right before we came on the air. 
to look at the schedules of the teams that are within one L of us, which are Carolina, Vegas, Atlanta, LA. I think the highest that we could end up would be fifth. Uh, I believe that would require LA to win this weekend. It would require Atlanta beating Tampa, Vegas to win, and us to lose it to New Orleans. Realistically, I think we're going to be drafting somewhere between seven and nine which is good and bad, bad in that we're out of the quarterback sweepstakes, good enough that I think a trade from seven up to two, which I think Chicago is the likeliest of trade options, although they're going to be fielding a bunch of phone calls from teams looking for a QB. I think a trade from seven up to two is realistic if we are going eyeballs on one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, If not we're going to have a pretty good run of the board of guys who's left because two of those first seven spots will be quarterbacks off the board. Uh, I got to tell you, for a team that missed the playoff by a game and a half, not unhappy with the opportunity to draft as high as seven in this one. Uh, Me either, but Chicago, I mean, it's it's definitely still a possibility because of how many draft picks the Carolina Panthers have. With all the picks you have, I don't know what how many how many picks are you willing to trade for number two? Um, it would depend. I think I, I need to see who Houston is going to take off the board first, right? Uh, if they go with Bryce and CJ Stroud's on the board, I'm willing to come off three, maybe four picks, including the first rounder. Uh, if it's Bryce Young, I'm willing to come off two, maybe three of the picks, but that's probably not going to be quite enough. And I think you're probably ending up in a spot where you're committing to one more year of Sam Darnold or a free agent. Although there is one more name that I'm going to throw on that list and aggravate Lonzo in a second. Um, If CJ's available there, I roll the dice heavy. I go heavy draft capital trade. If it's Bryce Young, I'm far less likely to give up as much. I like Bryce. I'd be willing to give up a couple of picks, maybe three to get up there and get him. I just think that CJ is the one, this guy's got it quarterback in this draft. Uh, there's going to be a steady heavy number of teams that are looking to move up and get into the CJ Stroud sweepstakes though. And I think it might end up being a little bit too rich. What you don't want to do is have position yourself great to have as many picks as we do and have good picks sitting where we sit uh, in the upper half of the round. You don't want to give all of it away and turn eight picks into a single player unless that guy is a can't-miss player. I am not quite sure. I've given the can't-miss seal of approval to two players in the last 20 years. Lamar Jackson was one of them, and uh, Reggie Bush was one of them. I am not ready that I'm not quite ready to put one on CJ Stroud, though that card is subject to change between now and the draft. I just don't want to put six or seven draft picks into that guy, have him not work out. And we really miss a huge opportunity to grow this football team via this draft. I don't think it would take that many. And I think you also need to look at the fact that I don't believe there's any other team that wants to trade that has the capital that the Panthers do. And I think if it's 
Chicago, they have to look at that and realize that they got their quarterback of the future and, and a quarterback that could have been Carolina, mind you. Um, but but they have their quarterback of the future. They don't need a quarterback. They know all these teams are going to come a calling, but no one's going to be able to give them what Carolina is going to be able to give them unless there are player trades involved. I uh, I don't know, man. I I I I understand we have enough capital that if there is a bidding war for CJ Stroud, we are as set up as well as anybody to win the bidding war for CJ Stroud. The the fear that I have, though, is even if we do have the most money to get into that bidding war, if you win the bidding war, you end up with C.J. Stroud, which to me is a good thing. But you end up with C.J. Stroud and probably not much else to show for it. And you have sunk potentially a great NFL draft class, or at least enough that you will law of averages find a couple of long-time, big-time playmakers through this draft into one guy. And if we end up being wrong about C.J. Stroud, it's a major kick in the boys to the franchise as a whole. So, you, you I, I mean, I don't know. So, eight picks, I believe is what it is. So, you got you to take those eight picks. There, there are eight guys in – this upcoming draft that will make your team so strong that it will balance out the fact that you don't have a good quarterback. I mean, that's possible. It is possible. I, I mean, if you get a get a coach in there who knows how to use what they have, which they do, well, the Panthers have some strong points with the offensive line, with the running game. I, I mean, you get if you if you find an actual game manager and a coach that knows how to consistently call plays game after game. Maybe you don't need a C.J. Stroud. I will tell you that if you have the opportunity to get that, the fan base will be more happy with that than they will eight strong people. And I know the fan base has, you know, is not the team. But, you know, we're there to root on the team. I just – if you can get C.J. Stroud, you get C.J. Stroud. And I don't think it would take all, all, all of your picks. Maybe four of them, and then you still got a couple. Maybe you can negotiate with a couple of those picks and turn, you know, some of the early round picks into some later round picks. I mean, I, I, you're grimacing. So, so there's no way. So you're going for, so, so where would the Panthers go if they can't, if they're not going to get a quarterback, maybe a later round guy, but you already got Matt Corral. So, so why do you need to go ahead and get another guy that's on that level when you got that guy who got hurt early and you still don't know what you have? So, oh, so. So what are you going after? A lot. What, 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 who are you going after as a player? What position are you going after if you're not going to go after that quarterback? Uh, I think that we need to end up working on the defensive line. Uh, I think we absolutely need to work on the wide receiver core. I would like to find an over-the-top safety to help J.C. Horn, and I wouldn't be against adding another piece or two to the offensive line to help with the run block game next year. There's a lot of places that yeah, but are, are there any guys like that that you're going to draft as your first draft pick at number five or nine or wherever we are? I haven't done my mock yet, so I can't give you a specific name. Here's what here's what the question comes down to: How many early round draft picks is a top tier quarterback worth? 
that you don't yet know is a top tier quarterback, right? If if CJ Stroud, if CJ Stroud was a fourth or fifth year NFL quarterback that had Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes esque success so far, I would say trade the whole draft away, right? Mike Dick or Ricky Williams, the whole draft for that guy. But I think that's a great example. Let's look at that trade, right? Because I think we're kind of in that pick. Ricky Williams coming out of Texas, Heisman Trophy winner, was considered the best prospect to come out of college into the league in a number of years. Mike Dicka was the head coach of the Saints at the time. Mike Dicka traded an entire draft worth of picks to get Ricky Williams. He came to New Orleans as a camp miss prospect, and he missed. He was not very good, and it sank the Saints franchise for about four seasons because not only did Ricky not work out, but they didn't have a young base of guys that they could plug into other places and make work. My only concern is you don't want to be the victim of Ricky Williams 2.0. I get that, but also the draft is nothing but a gamble. And you talked about a couple can't misses, but even those were gambles. I, I You don't know if if this stud from college is going to come up and perform uh, to a level that gets them off the bench, or if they'll even be on the team in a couple of years, you don't know that until they're up there and they're playing. And, and the draft is basically a lottery. I, I mean, it's, it's an educated lottery to the point where you can look at the stats. You can, you've got game film, but that doesn't always translate. But if you got a shot, at a really good quarterback to go along with a a pretty young line uh, and a fairly young team in spots, I think you've got to do that. And to me, four picks is worth it. Beyond that, uh, probably not. But four, I think, is worth it. Your first couple and then maybe your last couple. The Views from Midstreet podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Brown, Lonzo Wright. So if you haven't done it yet, do us a favor. Make sure that you're subscribed to the pod wherever you get the pod from. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or for free on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And while you're there, make sure that you follow the Rob Brown Show as well. Lonzo, when I bring that show to you every weekday from 9 to noon, click the heart button and pick up episodes and pods from that show as well. Plus, make sure you're sharing the Views from Mint Street podcast around your social media circle so we can continue to grow the show. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to entertain you for just a mere moment by bringing up one hypothetical situation that I believe has a chance, albeit a low one, to play out, and then you will hear the response from the great one, Lonzo writes. I have a possibility, a theory, a hypothetical, a maybe, maybe, maybe type situation. The rumors are going around that there's a quarterback, a top-tier quarterback, but an older one, that may be done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would be, of course, the GOAT, number 12, Tom Brady. The rumors are floating hot and heavy that Tom may want out of Florida, that Tom may want to be done with the Bucs. He may want to get out of Florida. He may want to have one last stop before he calls it his, uh, his career. And there are a few teams that have been mentioned so far as potential landing spots for Tom Brady if he decides to leave the Sunshine State. A reunion with the New England Patriots has been suggested a couple of times. 
Derek Carr is done with the Las Vegas Raiders. They will be looking for their QB of the future. If the Miami Dolphins are unable to retain the services of the NFL's most accurate passer to a tongue of Iloa, then a move right down the road to Miami where Tom Brady was initially going to land could happen. But I think the most length, the most likely landing spot for Tom Brady, I, I, for, I'll start by saying I don't think it's a coincidence that Sean Payton is looking returning to the league and that Tom Brady is looking at moving to a new team. Because I think there is a very good chance that wherever Sean Payton lands, Tom Brady follows him to that spot. Brady is looking for that type of mastermind offensive strategist to give him a crack at one more ring before he calls it a career. I think that if Sean Payton does sit out one more year, a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who has won a Super Bowl uh, or excuse me, played for a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, who went to three NFC championships with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, could be a guy that could entice Tom Brady out. I'll say this, and then I'm going to duck under my desk so that the fire coming from Lonzo doesn't come through my webcam and hit me in the face. If you can land a Sean Payton, even if it costs you your first-round pick, and that comes part and parcel with even a single season of Tom Brady in Carolina, you make that move, you bring TB12 in, you rent him for a year, you make a pass at the NFC with Tom Brady and an offensive mastermind along with the, uh, the young talent like Shy and LaVisca and DJ. You make that play, you try to make a special one-year memory send-off for Tom Brady, and you worry about QB future in 2024. All right. First, let me respond as someone who's supposed to be unbiased. And no, not on this pod. I'm not supposed to be unbiased on this podcast. I'm supposed to be pro-Carolina. So if I'm pro-Carolina, then why wouldn't I want Tom Brady on the team? Well, let's see. He has declined. People can say he hasn't. He has. He's 45 years old, 46 years old. I, I don't know. He could be 75. It doesn't matter. He's declined. He, has he looked like Tom Brady at moments? Yeah, because we all still look like our young self on occasion when we look in the mirror and go, oh, there he is, and then it's gone. It just, if this was 15 years ago, I could see where this would be a positive for Carolina. If this was a couple years ago when Brady was deciding, well, I'm going to go where I think I could win, and he ended up doing it thanks to Kansas City losing both of their tackles before the Super Bowl, I might add. Um, no, he's too old. And whether you call him the GOAT or not, which I don't, um, he's too old. He is way too old. He's dealing with too much uh, problems off the field. He doesn't look good. I mean, physically, he doesn't. In the face, he just he doesn't look well. Uh, he's got a lot of emotional baggage, got a lot of other things. But really, it comes down to his age. Now, I'm going to talk to you from the fan perspective. If Tom Brady comes to Carolina, I will put my Carolina Panther stuff away and will not be a Panther fan for a while. Uh, I will try not to be overly critical, but we'll continue to be critical of Tom Brady because that's just who I am. Uh but, yeah, you, you bring him in, you think you're going to win with just bringing Tom Brady in in the one year that you'll get him, you're not going to. 
Uh, I'm going to disagree, and here's why. Surprise! I know. Shocking. I like to really keep it entertaining and keep the twist coming. I'm like M. Night Shyamalan up in this bad boy. Uh, <laughs> I will say it this. Uh, I'll say this. Has Tom Brady declined? Yeah, obviously. Of course. Obviously. But I would also say, I think we look at Russ with Nathaniel Hackett. I think we look at a couple other situations where there have been some coaching maneuvers where good quarterbacks have made to all of the sudden look bad. I go back to this past Sunday, a game where Tom Brady looked very Tom Brady. Uh, Mike Evans opened up plus 203 touchdowns. Chris Goblin got up over the 114 mark in this one. Tom Brady still got it. Uh, let me ask you a question, Zoe, that I'm going to request you answer in yes or no format. Is Tom Brady better than Sam Dalton today? Yeah, because I don't know who Sam Dalton is. <laughs> Sam Darnold today. Yes. Okay. Uh, is he better than PJ Walker today? Yes. yes. Is he better than Matt Corral today? I don't know. Okay. I mean, at this moment, Matt Corral can't play because he's I, – I, I don't know how recovered he is. So uh, the uh, the book is still out on Corral. He could be Tom Brady – 2.0. The answer is that of the quarterbacks that are available, even if you factor in a one, maybe two year rental of Tom Brady and the future of the franchise, the list of quarterbacks available that I would say that guy's worth it is Lamar Jackson. It's a gamble on CJ Stroud. And that's pretty much it right now, today. There's I would no take other free agent I would, quarterbacks that made me jump. Uh, Tom well, Brady. There, there's a guy in Green Bay. I'm just saying. Aaron Rodgers, uh, if he leaves Green Bay, and I'm not convinced that he will, right? Like, I've heard all the chatter. I'm still not convinced he leaves Green Bay. Green Bay has been letting him get away with being Aaron Rodgers for a hot minute. And I got to think at some point they face the music. Uh, on top of that, does Jordan Love go, hey, I'm really excited about being here, make me the starter. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe Rodgers is a free agent. And if he is and he's out there and he's available, you make the same play. You call Peyton, you call Harbaugh, you go, hey, we'll get Rodgers, we'll get Brady, we'll get CJ, whichever one of those guys you want, we'll pull the strings to end up with one of them uh, under center this year. The point is, if you want, if you can be the final, and I think you can wait to see what Tom Brady's playoff run looks like, right? If Brady goes into the playoffs, and we talked about this on the Rob Brown show today, if Brady goes into the playoffs and he knocks off Dallas in round one and he knocks off Minnesota in round two and he makes an NFC championship game, even if he loses that, I think you can look and go, dude, still got it, whatever it is, he still got it. And giving him a send off with some young talent behind a good offensive line, especially if you can get a Peyton or a Harbaugh in there to be the HC to work with him, because I think a lot of the blame for the struggling offense in Tampa, which last year was a couple of plays away from a Super Bowl, and this year was a couple of plays away from not getting to 500, I think I can lay some of that at the feet 
of going from an offensive mastermind in Bruce Arians to going to a defensive guy in Todd Bowles who doesn't know how to work with the offense the way that Bruce and his hat did the last couple of years. I think that's part of the reason that Brady wants out. I think that's part of the reason that he would go somewhere else is to have one more year with a guy who knows how to pull the controls of the offense. And if Carolina can position themselves to be that team and pair Brady up with some young talent on a vengeance shall be mine retirement tour, I think we'd be crazy not to do it. All right. So putting all my biases aside and as much as I joke, I can do that. Realistically looking at this team, this team is not a Tom Brady away from a championship. Uh, If it were, then I would get all the points that you're making, but it is not. Tom Brady does not come in and win a championship with the Panthers. It would take a couple years, and he doesn't have that left. Would it, though? Yes, it would. I I... Did you see the defense last week? I, I don't know if you saw that, Rob. Maybe you should go back and watch that again. I mean, go back and watch. You can go back and listen to the Monday edition of the Views for Ministry podcast where I spent the majority of it ripping the hell out of our defense. No, I heard, I saw, I was the first one to rake them over the coals for that performance. I yeah, don't and, and Tom Brady is the one who did that. Why would, he go, why would he go, you know what, I'm not going there. That defense sucks. Did you see what I did? Yeah, I shredded them. Tom they don't Brady, suck, by the way. I'm just saying that's what Tom Brady would say because he's sure. a mean person. The defense, when fully healthy, has the capability of being very good. We know that. We've seen them do it. They did it against Detroit. They did it against uh, New Orleans. We've seen them do it. It's a pretty good defense when they're healthy and when they're coached up the right way, neither of which was the case this weekend. Uh, Do I think Carolina, with the addition of a Brady and a head coach that was the caliber of a Sean Payton or a Jim Harbaugh, would be ready? Yeah. Look at the NFC this year. The NFC consists across the top of a Philadelphia team that is very good, a Minnesota team that chokes in the playoffs every year, a Dallas team that chokes in the playoff every year. Yes, San Francisco is going to be very good. I think your NFC championship game, I'm all but comfortable saying it's Philly versus San Francisco this year because I don't think anybody down the line, not Dallas, not Minnesota, uh, not uh, Seattle, not Green Bay if they slip in the back door. None of those teams are ready to compete with the top two teams in the league. I genuinely think with a healthy offense, a healthy defense, if we could stay there, an offensive mastermind at the controls, Peyton or Harbaugh, Tom Brady along with Chenault, Shy, DJ, Dante, Chuba, and an offensive line from week three until not last week, I think we can compete. And keep in mind, all of that said, Remember, one of the most attractive uh, attractive things about adding a Tom Brady to the roster is how many free agent superstars gravitate to him to make a run with him. That's what happened in Tampa. It's what happened his entire career in New England. Sometimes the teams took advantage of it. Sometimes they didn't. But Tom Brady's going to bring you a couple of big names that want to make a run with TB. I, just, I, I think you make that call if he is truly available this offseason. No way. No way. Oh, also, um, no way. Okay. That's where we'll leave it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Views from Mint Street podcast is back on Friday. And on Friday, we will lay down our game preview pod. One last game. 
the regular season finale, the overall season finale for the Carolina Panthers when they travel down to New Orleans this Sunday, 1 p.m., to take on the Saints. We will have the full breakdown of that game for you on Friday. Before we get out of here, Lonzo, any final words for the people? Yeah, no way. That's what I thought they would be. It was. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you back here on Friday to break down Carolina at New Orleans and the final game of the season for the Cats. That's coming up on Friday. Until then, have yourself a great rest of the week, and we will see you then. Keep pounding, baby.